Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, the most, as always, Adela Marcy. If my voice sounds a little bit slower than usual, it's because I only woke up and I feel very lethargic today. Don't worry, I'm going to try and pump as much energy into this, or as I'm going to say, genergy into this episode, and you'll get the reference in just a moment. My guest today is the one and only uh, Jennifer McKinney, whose name I hope I've said correctly, because if I haven't, she's going to fuck me up, which is okay. It's fine. She's tiny. She can beat the shit out of me. It's fine. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by So Much Genergy. You'll see what I mean later. Uh, and she is basically, she's five foot one and three quarters inches tall, but she literally stands at like 70,000 feet tall with her personality. She just gives so much. So I'm excited to bring you uh, Jen. Jen, welcome to the show. Hey. Yeah, hey, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> What's really funny is I can see her, she can see me, but you guys can't see us. She was laughing the entire time through the intro. And by the way, I made all of that up in the moment because I am slightly a little bit tired, as you can tell by my voice. Um, that being said, right off the bat, today's episode is sponsored by so much genergy.com. Uh, go there, check out her stuff, check out her website, connect with her. You will see how awesome she is. Also, this site today, please go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, share, do all the other fun, stupid shit that we need to do to make the show keep growing. And if you enjoy what we're doing, please bring it on to, uh, please share it. Just like tell more people about it. It's fun. Anyway, that being said, let's hop right into it. Uh, Jennifer, please start us off. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. So I'm Jen McKinney. Uh, I am a comedian. And so mm -hmm. I do stand-up comedy, sit-down comedy, lay down. I mean, it doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. Um yeah, so I started off doing stand-up comedy after people were like, hey, you should really do stand-up comedy. And I never even thought about it. And then I thought, what if I'm missing my message? And the universe is like telling 42 people, different people, that I should be doing that. So I started doing that and then fell in love with that. And then I integrated that now into coaching um, because my goal is really to just kind of create a space of connection through laughter and, yeah. and, you know, create a healing space for that. So I feel like if I can right now just take somebody's, you know, crappy life away for 10 or 15 minutes, then, and show them easy tools that they have to use to create a happier life, then that's what I feel like I'm here for. I totally agree with you. I have almost a very similar thought process. Yeah. Um, because that's, so this is something very few people know about me, but when I was 12 years old, I made the very mental decision that I wanted to make one person laugh every single day of my life. And I've not failed that. I make at least yeah. one person laugh every day because like, you know, I, this is the crazy thing. I don't have what I call a bad day. I have essentially a bad six hours. That's what I yeah. have. Cause then I'll find something that'll make me laugh my ass off. I'll be fine again. Or I'll fall right. asleep and wake up and be like, Oh my God, life isn't so terrible. Yeah. There's always stuff like that. Um, and I agree right. with you, like laughter is like the best medicine for any, any ailment. I dare yeah. you not to laugh about it. In fact, what's the old saying with great comedy? It's born from what? Great tragedy. Great tragedies end up being the funniest shit that you can live with. Right. Yeah. I am definitely not appropriate at a funeral, um, because I try to like take everybody's pain away. And then you have those oh, people my. that judge. And so like, I have, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole funeral home cracking up. And then the people who feel like I'm being disrespectful, you know, then they get irritated. So, um, yeah, fuck them. 
That's yeah. what I always do. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you sad motherfucker. You don't want to laugh at this. I've actually put it in my will that if you don't laugh at my funeral, I will be mad at you from the other side. Because oh. legitimately, I've yeah. already written my eulogy. Right. And by the way, the person that is giving my eulogy is not called someone that, was it, uh, someone that gives a eulogy. What's it called? Like, what's the name? Eulogist? That's it. Um, yeah, they're not allowed <laughs> to call themselves a eulogist. They have to quote one of my favorite movies of all time. Zoolander by going, will the you Googleizer please come to the stage to give the you googly? <laughs> Just because I want them to do that because I know for a fact there's one or two guys in my family that be like, what the fuck is that on about? And all my friends that know me be like, that motherfucker's still making us laugh beyond the grave. Of course, I want to yeah. make you laugh beyond the grave. Right. That's like the thing. Hey, at least you're not going. You got a wiener or a vagina. <laughs> yep. That might work itself in. You don't know. It's not complete yet. I'm still alive. I've got like a couple more years in me. Yeah. Well, that's why I told my husband too. So we talked about like, you know, what are we going to do? Like if one of us, you know, bites it before the other one. And I told him, I want him to put me in a firework, like have me cremated and then put me in a firework so that I could just explode and there'd be like glitter and make like, it loud. You sound, you sound like my ex-girlfriend. She was yeah. exactly like that. Like she's one of my best friends, like love her to pieces. Uh, shout out to Shauna, you badass. I love you. Um, she's a tiny little lion. It's funny. She's a kiwi lion as well. Yeah. She's got like a fucking huge mane. But that's her thing. She's like, when she yeah. dies, she's being cremated and being put into a firework. Yeah. Well, I was born on July 4th too. So that would be the perfect. Double down. Yeah. 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 But then my husband said too, he's like, well, you know, what if it just ends up being like one of those like little black snakes that like piss you off when you light it and it just like ashes out. out. I'm like, I will come back and go slap you in the mouth. <laughs> It's like, you got no body. I don't need a body. My spirit is one with the force. Right. And you're going to get bitch slapped right in your sleep. <laughs> I like Good to go into people. If I, was, if I could be a ghost, I know it's going to sound stupid, but if I was a ghost, I legitimately know the first three people I'm haunting. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do it, like, in the daytime to scare them because it's not hard to scare them. I want to end up in their dreams. Yeah. have, like, full, oh, long... Yeah. Like, have a full-length conversation with their subconscious and be like, so. <laughs> just, but it wouldn't be like, because they're assholes. Like, they're people I don't like. I'm going to be really nice to them, right. but then remind them of all the shitty stuff they did to people yeah. in that subconscious brain, because they're going to wake up feeling shitty. Right. And in my opinion, Whoa. best revenge plan. Get them. That's, <laughs> man, that's, that's perfect. Well, my husband always tells me his next wife is going to be, you know, six feet tall. So that's good for him. I told him I'll come back. Wait, and... how tall is he? Uh, he's like six, six foot or six one. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, his next yeah. one's probably going to be about five ten then. Because like, yeah. right now, if you, if you date someone the same height as you, it's never fun. But actually, oh, I like, it's a lot yeah. of fun. It, it's because well, he... for me, I, I don't have a Napoleon complex. I'm like six foot tall. So I yeah. dated women that are six three. I don't really oh. give a shit about height. Dang. Um, I don't really care about height. For me, it's a case of like, uh, I had a girl once, I had a woman once tell me that like, what would happen if we went out to a bar one night? Because I'm very long and limmy. Yeah. I'm very short torso, <laughs> but very long limbs. Um, I'm like a stretch Armstrong. It's hilarious. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yep. For the people that don't know what a stretch Armstrong is, please Google <laughs> it. Um, but no, I, I literally had this conversation with her and it's, it's a very key noticing on confidence on how you can actually yeah. adapt your own confidence. If you know that your personality is bigger than your physical stature, mm -hmm. trust me, everyone knows that like you're five foot, you know, you're basically almost five foot two, right. but I don't feel like you'd be five foot two in front of me. Like 
Jen's the same fucking height as me. She, we just yeah. get along. This is how it is. Um, <laughs> right. And, and this woman, what she said to me was like, oh, what if we go out dancing and everyone just gawks and stares at the guy that's dancing with a five foot, uh, with a six foot three woman. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let him, let him dance. I'll spin you around while flipping them off. Right. Like, what do you mean? I was like, I lead. I always lead when I dance. And secondly, um, who gives a shit? You stand right. taller and you're more prettier than the other basic bitches in the room. Yeah, that right. You look like a rock star. I'm happy <laughs> with this. And she just looked at me like, what? I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Not only like that, you're rocking a pink shirt today. So we already know that you're pretty comfortable in what you got going on. <laughs> but yeah. Funnily enough, like, I do jujitsu. Like I do Brazilian jujitsu, which to my jujitsu fans, we all know this. It is probably the most sexually um, provocative sport in the world, just simply because you're so close to other people's junk all the time. <laughs> you have to be comfortable. To you have to be very comfortable in your sexuality, right? Because like I said, I said this to a friend of mine. Uh, they were like, "Oh, jujitsu so gay." I was like, "There's nothing wrong with it, like you know, it being yeah. Well, homo- if you're homosexual and you do jujitsu, cool. No one gives a shit. You're there for right." The we're there for you. Yeah. We're there to roll with you. Um, yeah. Well, fucking this. Who cares? Go like right. You do you. Um, <laughs> I only judge people based on their personalities, not what right. they do, which is fine. Yeah. I have it up. But you get caught in a move called the triangle choke. You have another person's nuts in your face within about five minutes. I'm sorry. And I know because that's one of my favorite moves. So I will do that to you because it's effective. I yeah. will tell you right now. <laughs> you do not think holy crap, I'm next to another man's nuts. Your only thought is, holy crap, he's about to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the only thought. Right. I need my breath, and if I breathe in, it's going to be possibly pubic hair, and I'm not okay, so I'm going to, you know, try to get oh, out. Oh, you got clothes on. <laughs> you got clothes on. That's the good part. We're not doing, the, we're not going, uh, we're not going Athenian, Olympic, ancient Greek right now, so we're fine. We're okay. We don't, we don't roll like that, which is fine. But kind of speaking of like the power of laughter and comedy in its own right, what yeah. have you found in your opinion is one of the best, I don't know about you, but I find this thing where it's hard for some people to understand comedy as a full spectrum. Cause like, mm-hmm. I know my sense of humor is fucked up. Like for instance, when they said that we have to wear masks over here, everywhere we go mm-hmm. uh, due to COVID. Every time I went to a supermarket, got into an Uber, got into another large crowd of any someone else and I was wearing a mask, my throat is that much of a troll it automatically made me like it started to tickle and was like cough and sneeze, cough and sneeze, cough and sneeze. I was like, I have to actively suppress my troll. So my question for you is what do you find and how do you, how do you deal or educate people that don't have the same sensibility of humor? Oh, like, cause what you find funny, they might find offensive. Oh, for sure. So, um, I mean, that does happen to me a lot. Like at a, if I'm at a comedy show and, um, it, personally what it does is um it makes me laugh even harder so my thing is you know when i'm up on stage or or doing a show or even doing a facebook live video um knowing that so for example somebody was putting mad faces on one of my my facebook lives and i couldn't even stop laughing at that because i thought i don't even know what you're mad about like (laughs) i don't even know what what you're mad about but like when i go to comedy shows and there's those bitchy people that are like, you know, arms crossed and they're like all scowling. What are you doing here? Like, what are you yeah, doing in a comedy like, room? Who comes to a comedy show and is pissed off? Like, that makes me laugh so hard. And so what I feel like is if I can vibrate at a higher level and push that energy out, it'll have a ripple effect. So it's either going to piss them off even more or it's going to convert them, you know? Which is so, like, yeah. It's a win-win. So, there's sometimes people leave, 
you know, which makes me laugh. The things that I say, like, I tell life stories. I don't ever, like, pick on people. I tell, like, life stories that have happened to me, funny stuff, you know, like, um, okay, for example. Yeah, so, but if you're offended, like, it's my life. So I don't know why you're mad at something that happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like you weren't the one that got your ass whooped at that point. Like, how are you mad about this? <laughs> right. And if I'm, I'm laughing about it, I think, too, what happens is I found, um, you know, if people had something happen to them and they weren't allowed to laugh or they were laughed at, I feel like um, they may be the ones that are pissed. You know, like, if they hear people laughing, which I don't know why you would come to a comedy show if you're yeah, triggered. I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah, but maybe maybe it's that exposure therapy. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. But I feel like my laugh will bitch slap anybody right in their senses. <laughs> you know what it I mean? Should do. <laughs> it should do. <laughs> I love the fact yeah. that you have a very similar comedy style to me though, by the way. Because yeah. that's that's the stuff I talk about. It's like all the ridiculous shit that goes on in my life. I just tell yeah. people about it. Like the time I got detained in like uh what was it called? A JFK. I got yeah. detained by the TSA because my hair was down to my shoulders. I had a big ass beard. <laughs> and one of the other comics I went in with kept telling the TSA I was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they detained me for four hours. Did you have sandals? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. But there is another story about this and Easter, including my very Sicilian aunt. And it was hilarious. And I'll tell you that after the show because my people <laughs> probably got it. It's specifically for her. She'll piss herself laughing. I don't want to say it out okay. loud because some people right, are right. mad at me, which I'm okay yeah. about. But like, now yeah. it's not the time and place for it. Um, gotcha. kind of like one of my yeah. one of my questions I have for you because this is mm-hmm. something that's very interesting from a marketing perspective. Sure, well, there's several, but like one of the ones particularly is getting confidence in front of like say a stage or a camera to have that conversation with someone and be so candid and funny. How do you let? How could someone else that doesn't have that quote unquote permission to be mm-hmm. themselves? How do they start cultivating that permission? Well, I think it's just one of those things you just have to do it. Like you have to do it and you have to do it scared. You know, for 20 years, I'd get on stage and want to throw up in my mouth. But then I realized like, I'm here to share that with people. Why am I nervous? Like it's my stories. It's, it's me just sharing that. And I can, there's times where I've like packed a whole room with like friends, family, you know, friends of friends. And I was still nervous. I was probably more nervous for them, but, um, I think you just have to do it. I think you just have to do it and do it scared. And um, what I've learned too is like, I used to pull my energy in to protect me. And so now what, but that would make me feel kind of claustrophobic. And so now I, I actually push it out. So I just like shoot up like Superman into the universe and like push all my energy out so that it'll affect as many people as possible that are open to it. And then that's how I really, so I would say expand and then just get up there and do it cool yeah yeah that's awesome i feel like too if you have something to offer you're going to connect with the right people you know I agree yeah you can't connect with everybody i mean that shouldn't be your goal like if your goal is you know like you said to just make one person laugh a day you know you really can't go wrong in my opinion yeah yeah like have fun with it right i don't know i crack up and my dogs are looking at me like Bitch, that is not even worth my time right now. (laughs) It's the worst because I do that with my cats. Like, I just talk to them all the time. (laughs) 
no validation. Most of the time they're just sleeping. Yeah, they don't, like pets do not give you validation, by the way, but no. they are great to bounce ideas off. <laughs> that might be another thing too. Like if somebody's not sure about their show, you know, you could do like a, an open mic night, talk to your pets, like run it by somebody. The thing is you have to be open. And if they don't share in your enthusiasm for your being funny, you know, then, but every, like you said, everybody's sense of funny is different. So, you know, you can tell that by when you go to open mics and, you know, one guy will tell a 20 minute story and you're like, uh, hello, but there could be funny aspects to it. So. It's hilarious yeah. when people actually have that and they don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what is, uh, did anything funny happen to you today? I've literally only woken up today. So. <laughs> Like I've I've been up for actually that's a lie I've been up for like two and a half hours. Okay. Um, I say like nothing funny has happened to me so far, but I can guarantee you I'll probably find a gem out of today just simply because it's like if I dig if I dig far enough I'm nope hold on I just remembered it wasn't something happened funny this today it, technically it did but I was uh, it was after midnight I sent my friend a voice message about why I think prison Brit like. Because I get into my mindset about what I think about shows and stuff and the characters. I got okay. into the mindset of the main character from Prison Break. And okay. here's why. I was watching Blade Trinity. And I came to the conclusion, Blade 1, incredible. Blade 2, a little bit slapstick. Blade 3 is basically a B. Uh, it's a B movie that's a superhero movie, but it's hilarious. Cause it's got a really good, amazing cast of people. Like Ryan Reynolds is in it. I had no idea. Well, I wow. knew he was in it. But like I knew those like um, other people like, Oh my God, I can't remember. He's a really famous comedic actor whose name I can't remember, but he was in Arrested Development, a bunch of other things. That yeah. dude, he was in there as well. Um, and so was the main guy from Prison Break <laughs> season one. He was the bad guy. He was, he was playing Dracula in this. Uh -huh. now, here's where it gets really interesting. I sent my, my friend who's never seen Prison Break, and I've never seen Prison Break, I sent her a full, 30, like, a full minute of me breaking down what that person's life would be like. It's like, could you imagine you just start out? I broke out of prison. So my brother wrongfully goes into prison. So I get my body tattooed so I can go into prison to help him escape. At the end of season one, my brother escapes and I'm stuck in prison now. So I'm fucked. So season right. two, you can imagine, I don't even know what season two looks like or three or whatever. I'm just kind of making all this up. <laughs> season two is just basically him sat there going, okay, now I'm in prison. I need to escape again. Again, they're like, wait a second. He escaped with his brother last time. Let's move him to a different prison. So now he has to start a new crew and try and find his way out of that first prison. But of course, at the end of season two, when he thinks he's out, he's not really out. And it turns out there's like another entanglement that he needs to stay in for. So season three is him <laughs> dealing with his entanglement and then getting back out again. By the time it reaches season six, this dude has been free and whatever it, is, whatever it is, but now he's one of the highest paid consultants on building prisons and helping people get out of them. He's either a criminal mastermind or he's hired by the authorities to become their consultant. But here's the thing. Season six starts off with him doing so, but three episodes later, the prison he helps try to escape out of realizes he can't escape and it was all a plan by the government to put him back in prison. At what point does this motherfucker have a choice in his mind going, you know what? I'm just done with prison. Fuck prison. I want to go back. I just want to work at a desk and my name is Greg. That's all I want to do. And I said this to my friend last night. Yeah. The <laughs> only response back to me was, the fuck were you on about? <laughs> 
but yeah, I hope See? that guy, that, that that is that is my brain. Like all because I think of the yeah. most fucked up things. Like yeah, did you ever watch Pinky in the Brain as a kid? Like, did you ever watch Pinky uh, Pinky in the Brain? Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely just walking around a human. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing fucking pink, but I that is me. I have like, if you ask me what's on my mind at any given point, I will tell you the most ridiculous shit that's going on in my head. Right. Like, that's that's perfect. So if, yeah, so if somebody ever doesn't know what to say to you, just say, "Hey, what are you thinking about right now?" Actually, and then no, they're what like, are you Shit, thinking about?" Sorry, right I asked right now. <laughs> oh no, they always end up laughing. Like, okay, explain how you got there. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Or if yeah. I make a very obscure reference to something and they don't get it, like the joke right. is hilarious to me, but not so funny to them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really bad for this, so I'll end up explaining why that joke is hilarious to me by giving them the whole backstory right and at the end of it they're like okay that's actually hilarious i'm like thank you but yeah. i wish i didn't have to give you the backstory of why i find this right funny. right we just needed it to be funny now not from five minutes ago or oh, fifty thousand thoughts ago oh i still giggle at that shit because it opens up more <laughs> avenues uh, but i've got to ask what's on your mind right now so i'm very yeah. curious about this oh this exact moment right now I yeah. think it's funny that, um, like, your interviewing style, like, I feel like you're more animated now because I was listening to other podcasts that you were on, and, like, you're totally chill. And so, I'm like, I think chill. it's funny that, yeah, I know, but, like, you're a little more animated now. I feel like you're at, like, a 10 compared to, like, normally your interview at, like, a 2. <laughs> oh, my God, no, that's like so mean. No, no, not a anyway, two. Like, no, your enthusiasm level, like, you're... <laughs> All, like, literally everyone that's listening to my show right now, like, that motherfucker said thought he was going to be nice to me. I'm like, no, no, apparently not, clearly. <laughs> no. Who's, who's your favorite person you've interviewed? Oh, my God, there's so many. I don't have a single oh. person. It's really weird because I've, uh, yeah. so we've got well over 250 shows that I've recorded. One of my yeah. favorite ones is, of course, that I did this year was with my buddy Chris McCombs. Okay. Um, and the reason I say Chris is because um, I've, I tried to interview him for seven years. Oh my gosh. Uh, and he, and he's your and he buddy? finally said he is one of my best friends, but he doesn't like um oh. he doesn't like doing interviews with anyone. So when oh. he finally decided to do an interview, he called me and goes, dude, I'll make your dreams come true. I'm going to do my interview with you. I was supposed to be the first guy that he does an interview with, but unfortunately it turns out that's not the case. Um, oh, did you think you were? No, I was he told me straight, he was like, You're the second one. Justin beat you to the punch. I was like, fuck you, Justin. <sighs> Which is hilarious because Justin Devonshire is a really good friend of mine as well. So. <laughs> Of course, I just riffed on him for like a good minute. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. Probably one of my funniest interviews was with um, Matt Wolf and Joe Fear from uh, Hustle and Flow Chart. For, for the guys that haven't listened to that, please go check it out. Okay. The reason is because uh, on their show, I made them both laugh. Yeah. But before they got onto my show, I just ripped a new one into Matt Wolf because he didn't know this, but I tried to interview him five separate times over five years. And every single time it just fell through. Oh, gosh, I just ripped yeah. him a new one right at, right before we got into the show. And then in his intro, I just made fun of him the entire time. <laughs> you can just hear him audibly, like, laughing and, like, running out of air laughing. And shut yeah. the fuck up, Adel, please. Right, right. But, Joyce, uh, so kind of, like, hopping off of that. So going back to the questions, yeah. I feel like I'm being interviewed here rather than me interviewing Oh, that's you. okay. Sorry. Uh, so the thing I wanted to ask you was, like, when it comes down to comedic timing specifically, when it comes down to – actually, yeah. you know what? We've already talked about giving yourself permission to be funny sure. and doing that. But like, my question would be, how do you gain that confidence and that timing? Like for you, because for me, it was very natural, so I can't really teach it. But 
is it the same for you or did you actually like overtime go okay i know this works and i can make this funny um <clears throat> i feel like when i started writing things down i had a fantastic timing um and when i had an awareness of this because i felt like it did come naturally too is that i took a, a comedy writing class because i thought like i'm doing good you know but like what if i'm missing out on something and could be doing something better yeah and um i took a, a comedy class and they started talking about hecklers and i was like oh shit i've never even had anyone heckle me because i don't give them time i've never even put that out there and so i just feel like i've i give my jokes time to like get a laugh and i'm already laughing and so then I didn't give people time to like jump in and be shitty to me, you know, plus I just never even expected that. And so that was kind of my first awareness. Um, the other thing that it was crazy that came out of that class is that I wrote an entire 15 minute uh, stand up comedy sh and the guy teaching the class wrote for like 30 different comedy shows. And he said, hey, if you have anything, you know, send me, send me what you have and I'll take a look at it. Well, I took that as a compliment because I thought, shit, he's a professional. He'll let me know how this looks and feels and, you know, how I'm saying things. So I sent it to him. Uh, okay, fast forward. He said everything looked great. Timing was awesome. And uh, now fast forward. This was in Michigan. We lived in Michigan. Then we moved to Tennessee. I <clears throat> didn't have a job when we first moved here. Go sell plasma, right? I'm at the plasma mm -hmm. center. The TV comes on. How I Met Your Mother comes on. And my joke is on How I Met Your Mother. Like Wait, which joke? Because I, I love that show. So which joke was it? So when he talks about – so <clears throat> I don't watch the show, but it was on and it's – um. It's whatever he, when he said, um, my dad was watching TV and he went deaf. That was my life story. Like that for real happened to me and my dad, that's like part of my whole comedy skit. And that was in there. So what happened was he went and did a comedy class. He taught a comedy class and then he lets people write for him. And then he steals their jokes. What the hell? Damn. <laughs> that's fucked up. So, um, I mean, it was kind of weird because even in the class, he told us, you know, hey, you know, if anyone steals your jokes, it's kind of hard to prove. And so then I thought that was like a weird segment Fun of the, <laughs> yeah, but then I felt like I was being set up. So, um, I mean, I could have been super pissed about that, but you know, whatever it's, I mean, people knew, I mean, nobody even noticed on the show or anything, but like I caught it and I knew he wrote, he was a writer for the show. So I was like, oh my God, this is. Well, first of all, like, it was a huge compliment that I knew my shit could make TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, but as far as, like, just getting confidence and, and timing, I think you just have to work through it. I think you just have to find your kind of, like, sweet spot. Like, if you go do an open mic or you know, run it by your friends or just keep seeing it out loud. That's really what will build your confidence. Oh, I agree. In fact, yeah. like, uh, unfortunately I did this thing. I call it the Boston night of comedy. Uh -huh. It was known as you versus the crowd. 
Those nights are the worst fucking nights. Like honestly, <laughs> I, I don't I don't ever want to relive that shit show of a horror, but like Yeah. So apparently I'm funny. Like I've been told I have a sense of humor and whatever it is. Yeah. I went on stage, I couldn't even get my fucking jokes out the door before I got like heckled. Like oh. I think I had I, I the funny thing is I lasted twenty five seconds before yeah. I had to leave the stage because it was a Boston night. It was like basically the crowd bougie, you're off. Oh um, no. The funny thing is, like, I've been a professional comic before, but I took, like, a lot of time off, so I was starting to work back into, like, the circuit, find new material, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, we had that with somewhat, like, literally paid pro comedians were getting booed off at 10-second intervals. Oh, hell. Yeah, including someone that had headlined that same event venue, the Comedy <laughs> Club in London. They got booed off in, like, less than 30 seconds. Oh, God. Yeah, that crowd That's was crazy. hostile as fuck. That crowd yeah. was hostile. Yeah, and I was like, it is, uh, yeah. It is crazy how you can do. So I opened for a comedian um, over in Chattanooga, and so we did um, four shows over three days, and it was the same material. And sometimes, like, it's so crazy because like a group of shitty people will come in, you know, and just change the whole vibe of the room. You know, like they're all either wasted or being belligerent or like, but I don't let them bother me. Like I'm just doing my thing. And I feel like the crowd themselves will turn on those people because they're like, Hey man, like shut your mouth. Like we're here to hit, listen to this. Like we paid to come in, you know, yeah. like get out of here. And have you ever so had to like eject of... a heckler? Seriously. Have you ever had to eject a heckler or? No. Wow. I have. No. I played roller derby. I'll hip check the shit out of somebody, but no, I have, I won't. <laughs> I'll blast that bitch right in the next week, but no, I haven't yep. had to get anybody out of, uh, out of there. The no. Well, the worst one I had was uh, when I was doing my special. Uh -huh. like, it was a long time ago because I was touring. Again, this is when I was an active comic. Uh, I had a show called 50 Shades of Brown. Okay. So it was around the same time Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and I also figured out my heritage. I was like, fuck, I'm Fifty Shades of Brown. Let's go with this. Um, and around that same time, like my ex-fiance and I just literally broke had broken up three weeks before the wedding, but six Whoa. weeks before my last before my last show. Yeah. And I had this one heckler in the room that would not stop. Like he had gone from the start of the show all the way through. And it's a 40-minute set. So I'm like sat there Dang. doing my thing. Yeah. And about like the, the I had like one, the, the last bit was a 10 minute set about the story that I'd build, been building up to about my life at the time. Cause like, again, sure. funnily enough, my dad thought I was gay for a really long time, which is hilarious to me cause I'm not. Um, I'm convincing, oh, I mean, like I'm very convincing. Like I know I'm convincingly gay. Like a lot of my friends that are gay have like, dude, you could pass. I was like, I know I could, but I don't. Cause I don't like men that way. Um, and even to the point that some of my guy friends have gone, like, sometimes I wonder about you. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, I know you're straight, but sometimes I'm like, is he really? Or is he just putting on an act? We don't really know. I was like, no, I'm straight. It's fine. Um, but no, so I was, I was doing my whole bit, like, about terrorism as well, which is hilarious to me because, yeah. again, you've been painted as terrorist for 17 years of your life. You've got to find some fucking humor in that shit. Sure. Um, so while we're doing that, this one dude just, he's there with a girl and he's just heckling me, but he's not drunk or belligerent. He's just trying to show off. Oh. So I like thousand yards stare. I knew that was there. And he, and he messed up the punchline to one of my jokes. 
And I had to like stop. I was like, okay. I, I stopped the entire show. I was like, guys, someone bring me a chair. They're like, what do you right. mean? I was like, we're going to sit down. I was like, right. Everyone in the room, I'm apologizing right now. For the next 10 minutes, I'm not going to be finishing my show. I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes fo solely focused on talking to this little piece of shit in the front row. So yeah. let's have a little conversation. Tell me your name. I just started having a conversation with him. He kept trying to be really cheeky because he was there with a the girl. Like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. So is that your girlfriend? And she was like, no, I'm his friend. I was like, ooh, she spoke for him. Do you know what that means? He's been trying to get in your pants for the last three years, and he's just been failing, and this is his last-ditch event to try and like show you that he's kind of worth something to you. And he was sat there like, oh, whatever. I was like, no. And I was like, like quiet. Grown-ups are talking right now and just right. going on like me and her. And I just turned on him. Like I literally yeah. put, I put it up to the point that I was just like openly hitting on this girl. Yeah. No interest, by the way. I was just openly hitting on her to annoy him to the point yeah. that when he started get he started crying because I started really going for it. I was not nice. Oh, hell. I was being a real I was being a dick on purpose. Yeah. And every time he tried to leave, I'm like, oh no, 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 you didn't get to leave the room. He's right. like, why is that? I was like, you started this, you pissed off an entire room of people. Now I'm gonna take it out on you. So right. So buckle up, sweetheart. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. As he was leaving, I asked her out on a date as well while in front of everyone. I was like, do you want to come back to my hotel room after this? Like, we can just totally have fun and stuff. It'll be interesting. Don't worry. We can film it and send it to him. I'm sure he'll really enjoy that. Right. He'll probably sit there, masturbate while crying, no, like masturbating and crying and using his tears as lube. Who knows? That'd be just wonderful for me. What do you think? And she just looked at me and she went, yeah, I'm totally down for that. I was like, oh, you're a kinky one. We get on great. <laughs> and oh he was God. leaving. I was like, don't worry, I'll send you what she looks like later. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, she actually thought I was serious. That's the oh, craziest hell. part, because she showed, she showed up at like the backstage, like back area oh, no. as I was leaving the backstage door. And I was like, oh, hey, we ended up going out and getting some food. Not interested in that way because yeah. we weren't compatible, but she was mm -hmm. funny. Like, oh, I was like, funny. seriously, she, she stopped talking to him after that because she had no idea that he was trying to get in her pants the entire time. Oh my god. So fellas, Welcome don't back. lie about your intentions. Like that's always the yeah, thing. Yeah, don't be a douchey at the at the show either. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just not smart. It's well, not smart. it can go so wrong so fast. You know what I mean? Like I've seen comics do the same thing and you're like, whoa. But the other times, you know, like most of the time the crowd, from what I've seen, the crowd will turn on the drunk person, you know. Like, always. Yeah. I, so they're just they them. they do your dirty work. For you sometimes not always sometimes yeah. you gotta like call them out if they're getting a little bit too uh a little bit too loud i think yeah. one of the best heckles that i've actually seen like heckle destroyers i've seen yeah it was from this uh an amateur comic and he was like so i remember the first time i had sex and some woman in the in the crowd just yells out oh you mean last night whole crowd <laughs> has turned against him like it's a sea of laughter for about 30 seconds I got to hold it to him because I would have not known how to respond back to this. Right. What about you? Actually, what would your response be to someone like that if, you, if they said that to you? Oh, I'd be like, hey, maybe we should take our show on the road. <laughs> I like that. His response, he waited and just went with, I'm glad you remembered and just went straight back into it. <laughs> oh, That's it awesome. Was so, it was such a beautiful response. I was like, yeah. that is hilarious. Right. I really love that. But kind of going yeah. back to the whole timing thing, because I know we're talking a lot about comedy here. Yeah. But it's the idea of getting your timing down. So when you're coaching someone, mm 
Mm-hmm. And I've realized this, and I don't know if you have as well, but when you're coaching someone, if you can make them laugh, you can turn almost their worst thing that they hate about themselves into yeah. something that empowers them to do better. So yeah. my curiosity as a coach, what have you found has helped people really disengage the negative internal bullshit? Well, I think with coaching, um, sometimes they have a block that isn't allowing them to completely open up to being happy and laughing. So sometimes it might be they don't feel worthy. Um, they might feel that they're making other people mad or, you know, kind of. So once we kind of clear through that and work through that, I feel like that's what allows them to be happier and um yeah, really just changes their whole sense of being, you know, like, um, I worked with a girl, a lady this week that was having panic attacks when she drives. So there was nothing funny, you know, about when she was driving and, um, and then there's me on the other hand, like I bebop and turn my music all up super loud and, you know, lip sync and (laughs) discern rap songs and stuff. But, um, and that's, that's what I want for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I just want everybody to be able to like, be happy, enjoy their life, like vibrate higher. Like, yeah, that's really just what it, what I want. Everybody you want to have. To, so you want people to just become like walking vibrators then? Is that what it is? No, not, but, <laughs> well, kind oh, come of. On, you, like set, a... <laughs> you set me up for that one. In my head, I was like, do I say, it? I'm like, just go for it. She'll, she'll appreciate the humor. Well, I will tell you, so we went to dinner one night and there was like one pretzel stick left. There was about this long, right? Like a pretzel, just, it was like fresh made pretzel bread. And so they brought these sticks out and I did, um, I did call the waitress over and I said, do you have any, like, do you have like four batteries with this thing? And she was like, why would there be batteries with this? I was like, never mind. Never mind. Pals to swine. Pals to the swine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I just want, like, I feel like um, I was just on a podcast um, with Cody Rain. It's called The Visceral Human. And he asked mm-hmm. me if I had, like, this superpower of, like, what what would I do for other people? And the one thing I answered is that I would let people borrow my sense of being for a minute to feel how I feel all the time. Because I feel like if you can let somebody transfer that, then you know, like just pop in here for a hot second, see how it feels. And then like, you have the opportunity to feel that way. Yeah. You know, but then get out of my body. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) give it back. I want to do some shit. I I got high kicks and shit to give out. (laughs) If someone actually was in my head for any set period of time, I feel sorry for them. Not because of the laughter, just simply because they were like, because I'm at times I can be that walking meme where it's like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is essentially my life at times. So right. I'm just like, I want them in there for a second so they can just laugh and be like, why is he crying? And it's like, I don't I cry like as much. Your, but just your that brain thought would be like going into like the Willy Wonka chocolate factory of thoughts. Like it yeah, would be much. like, just. <laughs> it really just would like... be. That's like the best description of my brain. It's like Jeff Goldblum met Willy Wonka. That is essentially <laughs> what my brain is. It, it basically it's thor ragnarok that one scene in thor ragnarok where you meet the grandmaster yeah. that is my life and every so often there's a keanu reeves popping up yeah funnily enough shauna of all people i mentioned her earlier but i'll mention her again of all people she actually introduced she, she, I, I did not love reddit as much until she introduced me to it 
for one reason. She was like, dude, I think you secretly own Reddit. I was like, why? She goes, because you work online as a fair. She goes, think about it. Reddit is essentially random shit online, boobs, and Keanu Reeves with cat love. That's (laughs) cats, boobs, Keanu Reeves, and random shit. That is just all you. You are the human Reddit. You are a walking Reddit person. That's what you are. I was like, cool. I actually like that. I am the walking Reddit. Shauna sounds amazing. Oh, she is. She's so funny. She's like, she, she's also five foot two. She's like yeah. a five foot two Kiwi with like massive ass lion-esque blonde hair. Yeah. And gives zero fucks about anything. And is right. hyper intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> like she is so funny. That's amazing. Um, I'm probably going to mention this to her and be like, hey, I'm going to send her this podcast so she can just yeah. listen to it because it'll be yeah. fun. Um, I think she'd appreciate that. Especially because she's moving away soon, which sucks. But oh, hey, it happens. Yeah, she's going back to New Zealand. But we have oh. a big shindig for her in a couple of weeks, so that's going to be fun. Okay, good. Um, That'll be But fun. no, I was, so one of my favorite questions to ask on the show is particularly to do with confidence. Okay. Because I find confidence is kind of the key to almost everything in life, like especially yeah. at a higher level. So right. my question to you is when you've had those moments of confidence and like doubt smack you upside the head and basically beat you down, Right. What is it that you do to help you either regain or protect that level of confidence? Uh, I, I really and just don't even can, let it. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and age cannot be an answer. Oh, no, 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 no. I think it's just a, like, you really just have to bitch slap those, like, negative thoughts right on out of there and don't even let them in. Um, because really, it's a, a sense of, like, worthiness and, like, you sharing your gift with people. It can be one person or 600. I mean, I'm giving the same show to four people or 4,000 people. You know what I mean? It's just, of course, it's going to be a different energy, but confidence is um, like, so things that I do personally is like, um, I work on, um, you know, staying positive, cleaning toxic people out of my life. Um, Don't let the naysayers in you know, so when you are talking about like protecting yourself, it's almost like a, like spiritual bubble wrap you got to put around your whole life. You know what I mean? So them bitches are just popping your bubble wrap. They're not, yeah. <laughs> they're so, not like. I just love that. That is the best thing ever. Some bitches popping your bubble wrap. <laughs> right. So, uh, but I think too, it's just like, even if you don't have confidence, you know, you need to just like pretend you have confidence and because when you don't have confidence that that is transferred out there i feel like when you get heckled you know like or of course there's just shitty people but um like if, in that competition that you were at at the boston one yep. if they feel that you have a lack of confidence it's almost like a wound that's bleeding and then like all the like all the nastiness can feel that, you know, it's just like a little open part. So you got to like, keep all your wounds closed. <laughs> so true. If they sense weakness in a second, they're coming at you. It's basically yeah. cheetahs. It's basically like lions in the forest, in the yeah. wild. Yeah, Can't, exactly. Like, have that. Or shark in the, sharks in the water. Yeah. Have blood in the water. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I, um, I journal a lot. So I journal, like do my little affirmations, listen to meditate. I do meditation. Um, I personally even do a, I do a laughing meditation, like live laughing Mm -hmm. meditation twice a week. Um, 
So that's just like, even if people don't laugh the whole time, then you can fake laugh because your unconscious mind doesn't know that it is fake laughing because you're still mm -hmm. doing the act of it. So it's still raising your vibration, increasing your blood flow, getting all the good hormones out there. <laughs> I applied to uh, Guinness Book of World Records for the longest laugh. So I'm waiting to hear back from them. <laughs> How long is your laugh? Four hours. Well, four hours. We had the unofficial record is three hours and six minutes. Were they on laughing gas? I don't know. I could do it. I've done. Oh, you could do it naturally. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would no be no fake laughing. I would just be laughing the entire time. <laughs> Which is brilliant. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like came out of the womb laughing. I don't know what was pretty funny much. about it. Yeah. Well, like it was raining yesterday and I run into the credit union and, um, you know, they're like, dang, it's really wet out there. I was like, it's fine. I lived in water for nine months. So I'm going to make it like, <laughs> but she's like, that's disgusting. I'm like, is it? We all did it. Like, <laughs> so it's always brilliant. Yeah, one of the good best time. things. Good like time. I still, be I still believe laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, was... I've never, I've never really understood people that don't have a sense of humor. Like I get it, you've gone through some really fucked up shit. I totally understand. So have I. But yeah, I still laugh at it because at the end of the day, it's the only way, in my opinion, that you can really survive. Right. I know it's crazy. It's crazy, too, that you can have two people that go through the same situations or, like, life events and how people react to it. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, ah, your life is perfect. Is it? It's because I make it that way. <laughs> exactly. You got to. It's a thing that you do. So, right. like, one of my favorite questions, so I forget. So I have like a bunch of other questions, which I'm trying to modify. I have like two questions I love in the show, but I'm going to modify yeah. them slightly just for you. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's start off with one of my favorites. Who are, in your opinion, your favorite top 10 comedians that influenced you? Whoa. Yeah. Big list. I know. It's, uh, that's why I give you 10, because there's so many. Like, Ten. I can't do five. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um... You don't have to fill all 10, but like, I feel like you will. Okay. Well... Um, yeah, so, you know, some of the bigger names, you know, like when I was growing up, um, like Drew Carey was super funny to me. Um, I loved like his show and his writing. Um, and I feel too, like these people, I really hope they're not like douchey people in real life, you know, cause I feel like, I feel like that's what I have to, I, cause I'm an empath. So I like resonate with that. So I feel like yeah. if I know that they're a douchey in life, like I, their comedy might be funny, but no. They're not a good person. Yeah. No, I yeah. have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I thought like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, um, I really, really liked Ellen's stuff when, you know, she was before she came out, you know, like I mm. liked her show stuff. Um, and of course this is like before Netflix. Oh no, see, I liked Ellen's stand-up in early 2000s, even when she was out, but she was hilarious. She killed. Yeah, that was, those were funny times too. And I think I just didn't jump on the bandwagon of like her coming out. And so like, 
I think yeah. like everybody did jump on that bandwagon. So I hopped off for a hot second because I didn't want to be like everybody else. You know, I'm not trying to. No, I told, no, I totally hear it. It's kind of the yeah. whole sense of like, she's funny for being funny. But yeah. when everyone was like, she's funny because she's also come out. I'm like, come on guys. Don't associate that with who she is. She's fucking right, hilarious right. without it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, it's, well, and I'm sorry, was the question earlier, um, influences? Yeah. Like okay. who's who influences and who do you like? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, there's a comedian named Brian Regan. He's super clean. Like he was the first like all clean comedy, com- comedy. <laughs> comedian. Comedian. Comedy yeah. dude. <laughs> comedy um, man. Yeah. So, but he was. It was nice that he was clean and his whole shows were clean. So, like for Christmas and holidays, I would take our entire family instead of buying gifts. I'd take the whole family to go see him. Um, oh wow. And that was like super cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Probably just really there wasn't. Um, there was like some radio personalities back when I was growing up that would crack me up. Um, there's a, a, a radio show in Detroit that I listen to all the time. That they're pretty. I mean, they were like super inappropriate before being inappropriate was like okay on the radio (laughs) when did that become a thing is beyond me i know i don't know yeah they were the first show to to like i don't know they talk about like anal beads and i don't know it's It's like oh hell can't listen to that with your daughter in the car on the way to school (laughs) to be fair you can't listen to the show with your kids in the car because they cuss way too much (laughs) I don't f bomb. I ph bomb. And so yeah. then when I wait, when I'm serious, then people are like, "Is that with a f or a ph?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know." You know the difference, motherfucker, <laughs> or motherfucker, as we like to call it. I know we call. So my dad's name's Ronnie Motherfucker Jones. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, yeah. I have that for like, so my buddy Brad Costanzo, that's his name on my phone. It's Brad uh-huh. motherfucking Costanzo. <laughs> and the only reason is because he put like, we share, I, he has access to a membership site uh, thing that I use because we both like, we we formed a business and we decided to like go in house on this. Yeah. Um, and like, you have to register the license every time you download something, it has to register to a, to a profile. <laughs> it took me three months before I realized what his name was. His license yeah. profile was Brad motherfucking Costanzo. <laughs> and I was like, that is now forever your name on my phone. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't, like, I'm surprised, uh, did Bill Hicks not influence you at all as a comedian or? Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like there was just so many people um, because I just wanted to be me. You know, yeah. so like anything that was funny was influential. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love funny stories. I didn't, I, I shied away from like the people who are being shitty to other people. I really didn't like that. Agreed. You know, so like there would be, you know, comedy shows, especially when like HBO was on and, or like Cinemax and you're like, whoa, Skinemax. And um, I just really, those were, I think because like on a personal level, like I just was so mortified for those people that just went to a comedy show hoping to laugh and then they like you could have ruined their life yeah like you just pick on them way too much like there is 
there is a level and art to that to knowing who to heckle and who to play with in the crowd. Right. But personally, yeah. like, so for me, just just to give you an idea of this, so I have a very similar thought process to you, but yeah. I grew up mostly around Black American American comedians. Uh huh. Because a lot of their struggles they had growing up in the hood with racist, like racist people and shit like that. Yeah. I could relate to all of that because a lot of people don't know this. But um, I grew up in Africa. I spent like the first four years of my life living in Tanzania. I was born there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I did not know brown. I didn't know Indi- I, I didn't know what brown people looked like most of the time. Well, I knew because obviously family, but like I mostly sure. hung around black people. Like yeah. Near, like ninety-eight percent right, right. of the people in my life as a child were black. So you're <laughs> right. you're a brown kid around black people. As a child, you're like fuck it. I'm black because that's all you can see and you associate with what you see. And I'm like, I understand your struggle and what we do. Right. Uh, and it's funny because like one of my best friends and someone that's like a sister to me, Shiggy, um, you guys can check her out as well. She's awesome at Audiofy. Uh, Shiggy is black Tanzanian, uh, black Kenyan, and I'm like mixed brown Tanzanian. Yeah. The amount of times we've hung out together and literally looked at each other, even in public and gone, who's more black out of the two of us? She goes, you. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, she's black as fuck. She just looks at me. She goes, no, you're more black than me. I was like, how am I more black than you? She goes, anytime I've hung out with you, you bust out some African shit every time. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you bust out some stories. You make us laugh about some shit. You cook food. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're just you're black. Right. All right. Yeah. Even when I get, apparently when I get mad and when I'm high, if I'm yeah. high and I'm like, she goes, when you get really high, you become a spiritual black person. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you just go very African, like very African. <laughs> right. <laughs> like think old, like witch doctor African. That's You're like, I was like, yeah, Madame Zeroni or whatever from that. <laughs> I have that. I'm probably going to get like crucified because some asshole's going to take offense to this. Fuck you. That's my response to you. Fuck you. Come at me, bro. I'm probably more black than you are. Okay. <laughs> right. Fuck you. That's where I'm at. Because I was born yeah. in a country and I still speak the goddamn language and I respect the heritage. Funny yeah. enough, someone accused me of cultural appropriation, by the way. Yeah, because like, because uh, like, my family wear like we wear like when we're around ourselves, we wear a lot of like Tanzanian clothing, which is like loose and flowing and stuff like that. And someone sure. literally had the nerve. This is the funniest shit. Someone had the nerve to say my mother was culturally appropriating black culture. Here's where it got funny, because this person didn't speak a fucking <laughs> word of any African languages, and my oh, mom yeah. went. Oh, I'm sorry. What languages do you speak from the mother language? Do you speak Swahili, Kiswahili, Sukuma, Chichewa? Bring it, bitch. And the guy literally backed off. And he was Whoa. like, uh, I was like, yeah, bitch, know your role. Know who this right. person comes from. They grew up in that world. They know it. They were there longer than you. And by right, they know who they are. But yeah. I'm digressing. Going back to it, what was really funny was because those were my influences. So Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, um, Chris Tucker, yeah. Martin Lawrence, uh, Richard Pryor, all of them were like my influences growing up and i'm kind of happy i got to do this in 2010 yeah. i actually got to meet dave chappelle i got to open that's amazing in like new york yeah funniest <clears throat> comic of all time but one of my biggest influences surprisingly that got me back into comedy was uh joe rogan of all people yeah and the I reason it. i got like wh- why rogan rogan like you and i he doesn't actually make fun of everyone in a room Right. He tells you stories about his own life and his observations of the ridiculous shit he thinks about. Yeah, exactly. And I, fi- and I honestly, I find that I think that's the true form of comedy of what's becoming real. What's your take right. on it? Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree with that. I think it's, um, I think too that people pick up if you're being true to your story and yourself. And that's, that's really like, you know, even that going back to the confidence, like it's my story and I know what happened. And if I miss details, like that's on me, 
you know, so like, I know I can do it better next time. Or, um, you know, when people are telling stories, like, um, you know, even thinking about other comics too, like Cat Williams, his stories kill me, kill me. Poor little Tink Tink goes down as one of my favorite jokes or the bit with allergic to stupid. When he's talking about riding, riding the motorcycle when he got the motorcycle and he fucking bites it. <laughs> when he's, he's so like, we, like that is so, it's so oh like, yeah. So, and, and I think he's shorter than me. So that's even like, I mean, he's like tiny. if I had a spirit animal, that would be like, it, that, I wish that would be. Like, if I had a thought process uh, person, that would be it. <laughs> oh, see, one thing I love about Cat Williams, to this day, I will, like, uh, I remember this bit he did about steroids. He was like, I'm uh-huh. going to be the biggest N-word in comedy any way possible. I was like, I'm standing five foot one, weighing <laughs> 350 pounds of muscle. <laughs> oh, my God. He was so funny, though. Like, genuinely, Cat, in my opinion, is one of the funniest dudes yeah, to ever yeah. do it. And it's yeah. kind of sad because, like, uh, of course, fame affects you differently and everything. Sure. And, of course, it affected him the way he did. So it's great to see him back to yeah. his roots, which is cool. Yeah. But for a minute, Cat was was killing it. But I'd say oh um, yeah. Kevin Hart, surprisingly, like, it's weird. I'm very yeah. hit and miss with Kevin Hart because I like Kevin Hart. I think he's funny. I think mm-hmm. the dude works hard, deserves everything he's got. The guy went for it and, I, you know, respects yeah. his hustle. But, Cat, uh, like, if I had, like, Kevin Hart's comedy, sometimes doesn't land with me. Yeah. Like, I'd, say, I'd say the only comedian that I've ever watched all their stuff and laughed every single moment would probably still have to be one of the greats of all time, and that is George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So or even Bill Burr. Yeah, 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 yeah. So growing up, my dad loved Stephen Wright. Have you ever heard oh of him? Oh my God, yes. yes God I have. bless. Like his stuff. Oh, and um, Mitch Hedberg was one of my, like, oh, my oh. heart for Mitch See, Hedberg. Funny, funny thing about Mitch. So this is what I always found weird about Mitch. No one could emulate his style because right. it was his delivery of the yes. most mundane shit that oh made you God. laugh. Like, He's like, an escalator's broken there today. So I just said, thank you for the stairs. And that was, that killed me. I have no idea what that made me laugh. Yeah, same thing. Like when he talks about, he's like, man, you think you're having a bad day. Try being a giraffe with a sore throat. God damn it already. And you're like, oh man, that would be so terrible. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so like anytime we went on like road trips, so um, when our daughter was younger, we didn't fly. You know, we would just like road trip all over the U.S. And that That's was the one country. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, plus, like road trips are amazing. I mean, if you if you travel well together, you know, yeah. like and we we do. So, um, but yeah, we would just put on. Well, this is when CDs were popular, and we'd just get a bunch of comedy CDs and pop them in, and just crack up the whole road trip. Oh man. Arguably, yeah. You know, there's a comic that a lot of people don't like that I really enjoy still, and that is Dane Cook. Like, I still yes. love some of like Dane in the mid 2000s. Yeah. It was his bit about um, the atheist that didn't say, <laughs> when he said, God bless you, like he just sneezed in his face and he's like, didn't say, God bless you. He's like, God bless you. That whole skit like kills me. It's like, I hope he comes back as a tree. 
you know, yeah. I got, what does he come back as a ficus? I heard they do a lot of work with breezes. That's that thing. Yeah. We do work. It's like, I just hope that someday he sat there, you know, mind his own tree business. A lumberjack comes in and just cuts him down, ties a big chain around him, drags him off to a paper mill, <laughs> like pounds him into paper and then prints the Bible on him. I was like, that is, that is just humor. That is like my right. level of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't, I feel like too, it's, um, I, it gets scary too. Cause like you wonder too, if like things changed because of, of the fame or the money or was there too much pressure or, you know, because his, his whole thing was he had beef with Louis CK about like joke stealing. And that's what it was. Mm. That's what really sunk in bless him. But, um, yeah. Like the whole bit about my son Optimus Prime or um, <laughs> even the whole thing is like every guy's secret fantasy is so true. It's like every guy has two secret fantasies. One is to have a monkey butler and the other is to like plan a robbery. Like, you know, just plan a bank robbery. Every guy wants to be in that like bank high situation. And it's true. <laughs> and you know, That's and then so he's funny. like, and then you got the monkey butler basically being the getaway driver in the end. Right. That- <laughs> Or naming his kid Optimus Prime and, um, like, after his favorite, like, cartoons. Like, I'm the Cobra Commander. Let me just tell you for it. It's like, Megatron, Optimus Prime, sit down. How dare you beat each other up? Just shit like that. My phone ringer is Optimus Prime. It's Transformers. (laughs) Like, if I did, if I had somebody, like, to narrate my life story, I would want it to be Optimus Prime. (laughs) I'll tell you right now. I got the most fucked up sense of humor when it comes to, like, ring of phones. So this is my thought process. Uh-huh. So this, this is what my phone is. And you will never guess what my ringer is. Because <laughs> oh it's a, is it I, like- I literally ripped this. Hold on. I'm going to play it for everyone. It sounds like two kids fighting, right? All right. That, that is the sound of two wild lynxes that met in the wild, captured by a Canadian guy that my friend Erica sent me like three years ago. And I thought this is so funny because it just seems like them going raw for ages. So I ripped the audio and turned it into my ringtone. And the reason being is I hate it when someone steals your phone. You're like, yeah, everyone has the same generic iPhone ringtone. I was like, you steal my phone. I'm going to call my phone and I can hear that screaming like, uh, thank you. That's a unique ringtone. Yeah. Like name someone else that has a fucking like link screaming at them. As right. their ringtone. Oh, no. no. Not going to lie, it's a head turner for sure. Like People look at me like, what the hell's your ringtone? And I have to explain that it's like two lynxes in the wild yelling yeah. at each other. And then they right, ask right. me for the video and I show it to them. Just my life. That's a good way to meet people. In all fun, honesty, it's just so much fun. But uh, we are going to have to wrap up because I only realized what time it is. But Jen, if you're up yeah. for it, I'd love to get you back on for another episode or come on to your show if you have one because I yeah. fucking love talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find us at So Much Energy on our podcast or our website or, you know, yeah. find me on Guys, Facebook. I, I hope I haven't dominated. I just hope I haven't dominated this conversation much. I know I can. I have a habit of doing that. But I hope you no. guys had a lot of fun because, like, you were so much fun to talk to today. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Real good time. All right, guys, take care. Please rate, subscribe, go visit so muchgenergy.com. As I told you, at the, at the start of this episode, I was like covered, rocking in a little bit and I was going to get some Genergy. And guess what? I did. It happened. It happened. I told you it would. All right, guys, take care. Have an amazing weekend. And I'll see you next week. Please rate, subscribe as always. Peace. <laughs>